to Treasures of Truth, a daily broadcast from Monday through Friday where we encourage you to come and study the Bible with us. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho. Your host is Pastor Rick DeMichael. And during this series, Pastor DeMichael is teaching a lesson entitled Mormon Doctrines in Light of the Bible. Come find out what the Bible has to say on this issue. And please be sure to stay tuned after the broadcast as we will have a special offer for a free book on this very subject. And now your host, Pastor Rick DeMichael. All right, let's take our Bibles and go to Matthew chapter 21. In Matthew 21 and verse 23, Christ's detractors are again trying to discredit him. And in verse 23, And when he was come into the temple, the chief priests and the elders of the people came unto him as he was teaching and said, So he's teaching. Christ is just simply teaching in the temple. A common thing that went on all the time. And what they're going to do here, if you look at verse 23, they say, by what authority doest thou these things? All right? What they're saying is, what right do you have to be teaching here in the temple? What right do you have to be doing these things? We could include the healings, and particularly on the Sabbath. They didn't care much for that one. And uh, any rebukes or corrections he had for them. In other words, the entire scope of Christ's ministry, they were challenging the authority or the basis of it. And notice what they say at the end of verse 23. Not only by what authority do you do these things, but who gave thee this authority? Now, you've got to understand where this question's coming from. It's not, it's not just the idea that they're saying that Christ is out on an island and he has no authority to do what he's doing. They're saying that they do. They're saying, we have the right pedigree. We have the right credentials. We have the right training. Remember they said of Christ, how knoweth this man letters, having never learned? What they were saying, they weren't saying he was illiterate. They were saying, hey, he didn't go to the right schools. He didn't go to the schools we went to. He doesn't have the right degrees. He doesn't have the degrees that we have. So how could he have a valid ministry? It's exactly what they were saying. Now, as I've suggested to you before, and if you've had this experience, you know exactly what I'm saying. If you've ever gotten a knock on the door from a Mormon missionary and went very far with them, if you begin to disagree with them and you begin to come back and start witnessing to them and you come back and you suggest that you have salvation, and you don't need what they're offering. You have a Bible. You don't need another testament. You have a church. You don't need their church. You have a high priest. You don't need their priesthood. And then let's take it a step further. They find out you're a, a preacher, an ordained preacher. Right away what kicks in, in my experience, now again, I'm speaking as a Baptist preacher, when they find this out, in my experience what kicks in is a certain smugness, a sort of mild arrogance. I've even seen more than a mild arrogance. I've gotten the horse laugh. The idea behind that is these two young men believe that because they've gotten an ironic 
priesthood, an assumed Aaronic priesthood, and maybe even a Melchizedek priesthood, that they have the right pedigree, they have the right authority, they have the right lineage to do what they're doing, and I don't have the right to open my mouth. And so they look down on you. They really do. Now again, uh, would I say that the average Mormon understands all of this? Probably not. What percentage? I don't know. I do know this, that this business of the priesthood is a very important thing in Mormonism. Uh, you invalidate the priesthood and you get rid of most of what's going on in Mormonism. In fact, that temple, that work temple, uh, becomes just a, a work of architecture at that point. So it is very important to them, and it's important for us to understand where they're coming from. Now remember I said to you last week that they presume to have the Aaronic priesthood. Now, what's the problem with that? Even if we were to assume for a second that someone could acquire the Aaronic priesthood. Well, the obvious problem with that is it's an invalid priesthood, it's over, it's done away with, with the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. Because remember, as we discovered last week and as we studied, you cannot separate the priesthood from the sacrifices. And there are no sacrifices being made. When Jesus Christ died on that cross, he fulfilled the demands of the law. He paid for our sins. And if the book of Hebrews teaches us anything at all, it teaches us that that Aaronic priesthood is over with. It's done. Paul makes that abundantly clear. Now we go to the next subject. And this is where it gets a little thornier and a little stickier. Beyond the Aaronic priesthood, which again, if somebody wants to say they have it, they can have it. They're robbing a grave. Uh, they're digging around in a boneyard, picking up something that's dead and buried a long time ago, folks. I would defy anyone, anyone under any circumstances, using any language they want, to go into the New Testament and find one command concerning the acquisition of the Aaronic priesthood for a New Testament church-age child of God. It's impossible to find. All right, then let's move on to the second presumed priesthood here. Let's look at this Melchizedek priesthood again for a second. Now, remember that Melchizedek is mentioned in Genesis 14. Remember the principle of first mention in Scripture. First time a subject comes up in Scripture, that's important, that's powerful. It sets precedent for the rest of the Bible. And uh, he's a Gentile priest. Uh, he's reigning in Salem. And our Savior, Christ, is prophetically a priest after that order, according to Psalm 110. And uh, when you get down to it, that's all that's said in the Old Testament concerning this man. And then you get to the New Testament, and you've got pretty much a whole chapter devoted to him, Hebrews chapter 7, and a mention, again in 6, and a mention in 8, and that's about it. Now, when you really get down to it and you study this thing out and boil it down, Melchizedek is the only one who held this particular priesthood in his day. He was Melchizedek the priest, end of conversation. And then according to the New Testament, Christ is the only one who has ever had or ever will have this priesthood after the order of Melchizedek. And one thing that Hebrews 7 makes very clear to us 
in verses 22, 23, 24, and 25. And let's turn there for a second to review this. One thing that makes it very clear to us is that Christ is not relinquishing this priesthood to anyone. And here's the reason. Hebrews 7, verse 22. By so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. And they truly were many priests, speaking of the Old Testament Aaronic priesthood, because they were not suffered to continue by reason of death. Again, the book of Hebrews shows the inferiority of the Aaronic priesthood and how it's done away with in Christ. But this man, speaking of Christ, because he continueth ever, hath an what? Unchangeable priesthood. He is still a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. He is our high priest. And we are, what kind of priesthood according to, to Peter? We are a royal priesthood. And Christ is our high priest. But he is the only priest after the order of Melchizedek. Melchizedek in his day was the only priest after that order, and now Christ forever hath an unchangeable priesthood. Wherefore, he is able also to save them to the uttermost. Now see, wherefore, this is the consequence of that priesthood. Folks, when someone professes to have the Melchizedek priesthood, he's professing whether he knows it or not, and probably doesn't. But according to Hebrews chapter 7, verse 22, 23, 24, and 25, he's professing to be your Savior. I'm sorry, folks, that ain't going to work. I am not a priest after the order of Melchizedek. I couldn't save your cat's soul if it needed saving. Wherefore, as a result or as a consequence of this unchangeable priesthood, he is able also to save to the uttermost them that come unto God by him, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for them. Christ is a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek, and he's making intercession for us right now. And that's the end of the matter, folks. And the only way he's going to relinquish that priesthood to anybody, it's unthinkable, he'd have to die and stay dead. And it isn't going to happen. We would like to thank you for listening to Treasures of Truth. And we would also like to offer a free book about the content you just heard on Mormon doctrines in light of the Bible. To receive this free book, please contact the office at Treasure Valley Baptist Church. You can give them a call at 208-888-4545. That's 208-4545. The offices are open Tuesday through Friday. To hear more great messages by Pastor DeMichael, please feel free to visit our website at tvbc.org. That's tvbc.org. You can also follow us on Facebook. Treasures of Truth is a ministry of Treasure Valley Baptist Church in Meridian, Idaho, and we would love for you to come join us in our services. Our Sunday school begins at 9.30 with the morning service at 10.45. We also have a Sunday evening service at 5.45. We also have great kids programs on Wednesday nights. At 7 o'clock, we've got the Master's Club, which runs during the school year. And at the same time, we have a Bible study for the adults in the main auditorium. With specialized classes and programs for all ages, as well as wonderful nurseries for the youngsters, Treasure Valley Baptist Church has a place for everyone. And don't forget about our vibrant programs for the teens and our college and career group. We hope to see you soon.